Okay, we're going to begin this next story. It's called The Onion's Day in Court. It's actually chapter 19 from It's a Room Life book 3, and it's now been rewritten. It's Tales from Ivy House, New Bolingbroke, Lincolnshire, um, about 1973. From time to time in the mid-1970s, we managed to obtain more lucrative outside work for our lorries. This particular time, we had received a request from a large local produce merchant to transport 10 tonnes of onions from a grower in Donington, just south of Boston, to a client in another part of the county. The produce merchant family had been known to us for many years, although we were not exactly friends. We realised that they seldom used outside hauliers, and it did cross our minds why us and why now. But a job was a job, and a good rate was promised for reasonably rapid service. The job was completed by Albert, lorry driver number one, who could always be relied on to give good service. The fee was paid promptly, and as our minds were more concerned with the Hobster's regular potato contract, we gave the matter no further thought. A few months passed, and we received a strange phone call from those farmers and produce merchants we had carted the onions for. They were in a big way of business, located to the northeast of Boston and about ten miles out of town. They wanted to know if we were prepared to do them a favour by making a statement that we had never been paid for the delivery we made for them. In explanation, they said that the onions had been of poor quality and they were disputing payment. Onions are quite expensive when you're talking about 10 tonnes and the total was several hundred pounds, even in 1974. We had been paid a fair rate for the delivery we made. We mentioned all this tarry-diddle to Albert, and he was sure there had been nothing wrong with the onions themselves. Albert could be relied on regarding anything to do with farming. When we replied, saying we could not possibly do what they asked, as it was untrue, they became very heated and difficult, offering various threats of one sort or another. As this was the one and only job we had ever been asked to do for them, and we did not work for any of their so-called friends, we felt that their threats could do us no harm. Beside, the main issue was being honest, open and fair. Our reputation and work ethic was at stake. The day in court, or two. The produce merchants, a long-established, cash-rich family concern, had a reputation for being high-handed and getting their own way. For some reason best known to themselves, they had determined not to pay for the onions. It had been strange in the first place they using us, and not one of their own umpteen lorries. Apart from several further telephone calls from the produce merchants trying to pressurise us into following their dishonest requests. The first we actually knew of a court date was when Ruth and I both received subpoenas to appear in court as hostile witnesses for the claimant, that is, the onion producer. The first court hearing was in Boston courtrooms close to the parish church in the centre of town. We had been told we could claim reasonable expenses for our appearances. 
on the actual day, the local RAF station seemed to be practising for World War Three. The noise was so loud, nothing could be heard in court, and after struggling for an hour or so, the judge dismissed the whole court and demanded a rehearing in Lincoln Castle. A few weeks later, we found ourselves in the castle courtrooms, and just across the court were the unpleasant produce family glaring at us, if looks could kill, as it were. I suppose it could be said that we were the key witnesses, as the produce merchants were trying to say they had never had the onions. The whole thing seemed a try-on, a scam, and we were best out of it. I was called to be cross-examined, and could only tell what I knew. The conclusion was foregone, and very costly for the produce merchants, as they had to pay for the onions they had purchased, together with the costs of the two hearings and witness costs, ours included. Their reputation seemed to mean nothing to them, and even today they are still in the same line of business, but also diversified into other cash-rich local enterprises. In fact, it seems they have so much money, they have had to spend it on such diverse activities as bowling alleys. Ruth always says there are no pockets and shrouds, and when the head of that produce merchant family kicked the bucket a year or two after the onion incident, the shroud saying sprung immediately to mind. I always say, good shall prevail. There we are, that's the end of that little story. It's a rewrite of a previous story. Now, after um, Covid, we have a different ending to our stories because we don't have a shop anymore. We don't sell any of our publications. Everything is free to download on the internet. There are now over 200 of these audio stories. There's about 100 videos. And there are 10, that is at the moment, from producing more, there are 10 complete uh, books to download um, on any device you choose and you can look at all these things when you like where you like the links to all these publications are on our website www.itsarumlife.com the spelling is i-t-s-a-r-u-m-l-i-f-e uh, no spaces all lowercase dot com it's a rumlife.com there we are hours of entertainment to listen to and uh, thank you for listening <laughs>